Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hyman, coming to you live for another late night edition. It is Wednesday, March 29th, 11.06 p.m. Um, Kind of going off the cuff on tonight's episode. Just got something on my mind, something weighing on me, uh, something I got to get out. Probably not going to be well taken by some people if you fall in the category of people I'm talking to, but that's okay. Uh, we talk about leaving the world better than we found it. This is a way that we can help leave the world better than we found it. So we'll talk about the podcast here in a few minutes, but we had a couple of shout outs really quick. Number one, um, shout out to Coach Preston McDonald, Florence Arlington Tech. I uh, just saw where he got win number 500. Just a testament to to what he's built there at Flodar. I know. You know, that program was started probably 20 years ago by Coach Curtis Hudson, who did a great job, um, passed the torch to Coach McDonald in probably 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. I know it's one of those two years because that was around the time that uh, I had my second go around there. And you know, he's just really done a tremendous job. It's it's funny to me because I hear people say all the time, they're like, well, that kid's just going to Flodar? Like, what? I'm like, guys, it's one of the top JUCOs in the country right here in Florida, South Carolina. I mean, they consistently are competing for, you know, a trip to Grand Junction. I mean, they play the game the right way. Um, they do a lot of great things. So I just wanted to send a shout-out to Coach P-Mac. Uh, congrats, man. I know that's 500, and I'm sure there's going to be – won't be the last time we celebrate another 500 win. So just congrats to him and the program he's built there. He's a tremendous man. Um, yeah. I use the term guys like him represent the game the right way, and he definitely does that. So he's, I know he's a little hard nosed early on. I, I don't know how he coaches now, um, but I know he cares about those guys. I know they care about him. Uh, he gets his guys to play hard for him. And yeah, I never got to play an inning for him. Uh, I was on his roster for roughly three months, and he probably even to this day doesn't know the impact he had on me just as a man at that point in my life. And and it was something that looking back, you know, I understand the impact that he had on me now. Um, back then, I didn't really understand it, you know, because I just kind of viewed it as, you know, hard-nosed coach. Uh, yeah, I never made it. I quit. Uh, so I think for a long time, I like didn't looking back over my life, I was like, ah, I don't see where that was a valuable time. But that the, those three months I spent on when he was the coach there were instrumental in, you know, kind of giving me the the ground level and, and learning some tough lessons. You know, I made some mistakes while I was there and I had to obviously run for him and, and make up for him. And, you know, it's I, to this day, that was one of my bigger regrets in life is the way that I quit playing college baseball instead of trying to gut it out and, and play. But, hey, we all have a story. Uh, mine's a little bit different path than, you know, some of the other people I know in this world. But uh, any way around it, uh, he's a tremendous man who does it the right way, who um, this area is lucky to have him coaching young men. I, I can tell you right now, I love all of our guys, the ones who, from a baseball skill standpoint, are good enough to play there. Um, I have no – there's no hesitation for me when we find out Coach P. Max is interested. If we can keep him right here in town and be a part of that, it's something I'm A-OK -okay with our kids being a part of. So, 
again, just want to give him a shout out and congratulations to him. Uh, the Bruins. JV split tonight with Sumter, so that was good. They got another big doubleheader tomorrow against Myrtle Beach, so fantastic job by them. I know, you know, four games in two days is tough at the JV level. You kind of throw a bunch of guys that maybe you haven't thrown in a while or maybe you haven't thrown at all. Um, you know, just try to piece it together, try to be able to compete for, you know, 20 innings. That's, that's tough to do sometimes on the JV level with those rosters, so – Congrats to our guys. Congrats, to Coach Allison, on uh, knocking it out, uh, knocking out the park tonight, and you know finding a way to get a split with a really good five A program. Um, Coach Will McMillan over there does a great job. He came over from East Clarendon, and where he'd done a tremendous job there too. So <clears throat> that was our JV guys, our varsity guys. You know we've had a it's been an eventful week for us. So uh, we opened up arguably the biggest series of our season. Um, this week against North Myrtle Beach, I think they're number seven in the state. We we're number one in the state. Um, you know, it was a heavyweight matchup on Tuesday night. Uh, went toe to toe, went to the wire. We lost three to two on a walk off hit by pitch. And I was really proud of the way our guys competed. Um, they gave us a chance at the end. Um, had it, this game's literally a game of inches. You know, you look at we had a ball hit the right field. We made it, you know, we did everything right. Um, dove, hit us in the glove, and somehow ended up coming out. But I mean, it's just, you know, we taught our guys all the time like, let's make all the routine plays, but let's put ourselves in a position to make the 50 50 plays. And, you know, I told the kid that it was actually Wyatt Williams that told him out there, you know, I sent him a text probably 12-15 at night just to remind him, like, I mean, dude, you, you gave us a shot on that. I know it wasn't the outcome we were looking for, but he gave us a shot. And that's uh, that's why we practice that. That's why we do it. You know, yeah, we'd love to see him finish that play every time, but, you know, that's baseball. So, uh, you know, the walks and walks got us a little bit. And, uh, you know, just we were on the wrong side of a couple plays. But outside of that, that our dudes competed really, really hard against a really good pitcher. Um, Austin Long, he's a name that you guys will be hearing about for a long time. Those guys are at North Myrtle Beach, Coach B.A. Uh, I think he's one of the better coaches in the state. And he's got a stable full of them. Um, they're going to be good for a while. And they, they've been good for many, many years. But uh, it's – it was just an exciting baseball game, and I don't want to take anything away from from them. I thought, as a baseball team, they 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 just played a little bit better than us. They were one play better than us, probably, um, and we probably weren't as crisp as we had been uh, through this part of the season. But that, again, it's baseball. You you know, you're gonna have nights like that. The great thing about it is we get an opportunity to come out Friday and try to even the series up. Had a little bit of a letdown tonight. Um, Probably a little hangover from last night in, against Lake City. We lost uh, seven to four, I believe. And just if you're going to lose a game like that, like coming off of a big loss last night and and all that, like a team like Lake City, Coach Abcell, the way they do things, uh, the way those dudes compete, like I tip my hat to them and just they. They outplayed us. Uh, they were better than us tonight. They wanted a little bit more than we than we wanted it. I think. Um, 
I don't necessarily know we were in a great headspace coming in, and that's on us as coaches to have them in a better spot. And, you know, we're in number – we've been preaching. We're your number one team in 4A baseball. You better bring your best – your A game every single night because whoever you're playing, it don't matter the classification or where they're at, um, what their ranking is, what their record is, none of that matters because they want a piece of the pie. They want to knock you off. And it takes a special mindset to go from being the hunter to the hunted. And um, I thought for the most part we've done a really good job of that. Um, continued that last night, although we came out on the short end of the stick. And, you know, tonight I think we just thought that we could show up and because of the South Lawrence on the front of our jerseys <laughs> that Lake City gave a crap. And I could I could have told you going in, they didn't. It's a game that every year when we go play them, I know that if we don't bring our A game, we're going to be in trouble. And it's a testament to what Coach App does up down there his guys, and uh, just the way they compete and play the game. So hats off to him. Uh, I've said for a long time, like I, he needs to he needs to re redo the podcast that I gave on base running because we've kind of fallen off a little bit. But um, those dudes run the bases, man. I don't know how many stolen bags they had tonight, but I was finally just like kind of watching the way they do some things. And on top of having really good athletes. Um, they're fundamentally just really sound with the way they steal bags and and stuff like that. So again, I just want to give a shout out to him. I you know I hate losing, um, but if you're gonna lose, I'm I'm okay with losing occasionally to a to a, a group that competes and plays the game the way they do down in Lake City. So hats off to Coach App and your guys, phenomenal job. So uh, I think that's all I have on the uh, shout outs. If I think of another one later, I will. So let me give you a little rundown of what the rest of this week's going to look like. We're going to toss a uh, weekly mailbag segment, the third episode or third segment of that out later this week. Probably do it Friday night, maybe. Um, might do it tomorrow night. I've got a bunch of questions queued up and ready to go. So appreciate everybody again for your, uh, your uh, participation in that. It's been, I, mean, I think I got like 20 questions this week, which was awesome. So we're, every week we're growing in questions. So that's a great thing. Um, so we'll get that out sometime this week. We're still trying to get some time on the schedule to do another Coach's Corner segment. It's been a little hectic here recently, just kind of with everything going on between JV games, varsity games, and stuff like that. Missed an opportunity on the weekend, this last weekend to do it. But, you know, it's hard to do podcasts on the weekend when you're trying to spend that time with your family. So, Hopefully, sometime in the next week or so, we'll be able to get that that segment done with Coach Gray. I still need to get with uh, Coach Deemer and get him scheduled for his as well, because that's definitely one that I want to do. And and you know, I just if anything, it'd be great for the audience to listen to a guy like him talk about you know his book and philosophy and the success he had winning eighty eight games in a row and at the high school level and all that. So that's kind of where we're at. Tonight's episode is kind of spur of the moment, and um, it's going to ruffle some feathers. I know there's going to be some people that listen to this and disagree with it. There's going to be some people that, you know, say, I can't believe you said that, or I can't believe, you know, wow. you know. And I'll remind everybody again, I, it doesn't matter to me, okay, because my the whole purpose of this is to, like, honestly, like, say the things to some of you that, need to be said that nobody else will say to you. And 
just telling you the same things that I wish people would have told me when I was younger or, you know, as a parent, I didn't really need these things said to me, but these are things that need to be said. Okay. And I want to remind everybody now, I, I'm a volunteer high school baseball coach. Okay. Assistant coach at that. So, um, this isn't, what I'm about to say isn't the opinion of anybody else. This is my opinion, my opinion alone. So if you have a problem with anything I said, you can take it up with me or, or, or whatever. We can talk about it. I'd be more than happy to do it. But this is, um, some of you have to hear this because we're at that point in the season where the stakes just went up. And, and this is high school baseball that I'm talking about. But And this isn't necessarily relevant to South Lawrence. This is just in general. And I'll give you the backstory on why I'm about to talk about this in a second. But we're at that point in the season, you know, we've we've played 13 games now. We have a 26-game regular season. So we're at the halfway point of our regular season. And once this series is completed against North Myrtle Beach, we'll be 60% done with our region games. The brackets for 4A baseball just came out two days ago. All right, so this is the time of the year that people are looking forward and they're looking towards the playoffs. They're looking towards seeding. They're looking towards – Okay, what do we have to do to get in the playoffs? Okay, what do we have to do to ensure that, you know, we put ourselves in a good position once we get in the playoffs? I mean, this is all stuff that high school coaches are thinking about right now. It is. And and before I even go on this, I'm going to say one thing. Uh, Occasionally, there's something I've been wrong on for the last couple weeks, and this is just – I don't even know why this is relevant right now, but I just need to get it out there. So – Sometimes as coaches, we focus on the wrong things at times. Like, I don't do this podcast just to, you know, talk about everybody else's mistakes and what they should do better and the things you should and shouldn't do as a parent and a player and, you know, all that. Because there's a lot of things as coaches we should do better. And one thing that happened to me, I went ac- I went against the things that I've tried to build from a foundational standpoint, the things I really believe in that I feel like make me a good coach. I went against it over the course of the last few weeks. You know, for the first time in 20-something years, we were ranked number one in 4A baseball by South Carolina Baseball Coaches Association, all right? And I got really hung up and just really fired up in that ranking for our guys because I thought it was a testament of to all the hard work they've done, you know, in the offseason, in the season, over – I mean, this has been a culmination of, like – things that they've been working on for many, many years. So for them to finally get some respect was really big for me. The problem is I probably haven't been my best self as a coach since that ranking came out. And we preached our guys about not letting the moment get too big. And I'm going to be the first to admit that Tuesday night when we went down to North Myrtle Beach – I let that moment get too big for me because I was so worried about that number one ranking and I was putting so much on that game that I probably wasn't in my best mindset. And and, and I don't know if our guys sensed that or not. Nobody said anything to me. I, I felt like I did a pretty good job of keeping it concealed. But, and this is going to sound weird, the loss that we experienced tonight – gave me the release I needed from that holding on to that number one ranking. Like it has any bearing on where we're trying to head this season. 
And that's an area I screwed up in. So, like, I, I just the reason I brought that up is, like, we're about to get hot and heavy here in a minute on this podcast. And it's not personal because I have to check myself sometimes, too. And I've had to check myself over the weight of that number one ranking that we got over the last two weeks. Because I've been so afraid about losing that number one ranking. I've been so afraid about opening up a group, one of my group messages, and seeing a bunch of my friends dogging us because we lost a game. And, you know, that's not how the number one team in the state plays. And by, you know, or, you know, other coaches or athletic directors or, you know, whatever. Um, you can say it's that soft. You can say that's, I mean, that's not, you know, it is what it is. Like, people say, act like you've been there before. Okay. Well, I haven't been there before, and I handled it poorly. Um, Not for any reason other than I wanted it really bad for our kids. And at the end of the day, that number one ranking isn't going to mean anything to anybody at the end of May, right? There's plenty of teams that aren't ranked. They rank number two, number 10, whatever, that end up exactly where they want to be at the end of May. And um, so that's my bad as a coach. That's, you know, an area I screwed up. And, and again, my whole point about that is as parents, there's times where we got to look in the mirror as adults, really. We have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I screwed that up. I didn't handle that appropriately. Um, I should have been better there. I put too much emphasis on something that really in the grand scheme of things didn't matter, Right. And, and that's what I did as a coach. It's what we do as parents. It's what, you know, our players do. Our players put emphasis on the wrong things. I mean, but they're kids, right? They don't necessarily know better yet. As adults, we do know better. And I think the more that we can acknowledge those things and and try to prevent similar situations from happening again, the better off we are. So, um, but back to my original point, you're at that point in the season where everybody's playing – for something much bigger than than whatever it is you're worried about, okay? And try to explain this to somebody before. And, and part of the reason why this is important, too, is, like, I've listened to a lot of really good coaches over the course of the last two months talk about these same issues. So – all right, here we go. So – I'm not a teacher, right? Like, at the end of the day, coaching baseball is not what I do. It's not who I am. It's not what I do, right? I'm a pharmaceutical rep. That's how I make a living. I get paid very little from a baseball coaching standpoint. But I don't do it for the money, right? There's not a baseball coach in America who does it for the money. Now, if you're playing at the collegiate level, I think you could also say that those guys aren't doing it for the money, but – you know, when you're making a million dollars a year, half a million dollars a year to coach baseball, that's like living the dream, right? Now, there's a lot of expectations that come with that and a lot of pressure, but, you know, they might be doing that for the money. I don't think all of them are, but, I mean, you know, making half a million dollars coaching ball, that makes it a little bit easier. But, you know, there's people, and you know, Coach Gray's been doing this 30 years, okay? There's some of you who listen to this who make more in one year than he's made in 30 years of coaching baseball. Just a fact. Nobody does this at the high school level for the money. They do it because they love the game. They love the kids. 
They love the developing these guys. They love having a positive impact on their life. Okay, that's why they do it. But for you to continue to do this game for a long time or to be able to coach high school baseball for a long time, you have to win. It's that simple. You have to win. Your JV coach, that's a little bit different. You have to develop. Your middle school coach, you have to develop. Is winning nice? Yes, it is. Should we be teaching our kids to compete? Absolutely. Does the score matter? Yeah, it does. Because if it didn't, there wouldn't be a scoreboard, right? But for high school coaches, varsity coaches, this is a time of year where we're saying, hey, all right, we got to put all the pieces together and we got to figure out how to go win baseball games. And the thing I want a lot of parent, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, you got a high school athlete, like you need to understand this. And this isn't just high school baseball. This is softball, tennis, golf, whatever. Um, you know, the game, these programs, they're bigger than you and your emotions. They're bigger than you and your feelings. They're bigger than anything that has anything to do with you. Okay. And I think somewhere along the way as parents, and I, I blame it on travel ball. Okay. And there's going to be some travel ball guy or mom who's listening to that. who's like, I can't believe you would say that about travel ball. And I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, some of y'all got confused along the way that like your opinion your Monday morning quarterback, your, you know, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, you know, lineup analysis session, like that, that matters to these guys leading your, your kids. It doesn't. Okay. Because these programs are bigger than you. They're bigger than your emotions, your feelings, uh, your bad attitude, your opinions, your lineup advice. They just are. Okay. And the sad thing is, for 99% of the kids out there, it's not the kid that has the problem with how much they're playing or how much they're not playing. It's the parent. And then the parent tries to force that on the kid. Listen, is there a high school player in America who doesn't like playing whatever sport they're playing, who doesn't like starting? No, there's not. There's not. But sometimes that stuff is out of your control, right? And what I mean by that is, like, if the guy in front of your child is batting 667 through how many games? I mean, this isn't. This is just an example because our leading hitters hitting 667 through 13 games. But, you know, if you're the guy playing behind the guy batting 667 and you only play that position, that's not necessarily a you thing, right? That's a the dude in front of me is just absolutely smashing the baseball and they can't afford to take him out, right? Now, if the guy playing in front of your child's hitting a buck 24 and your kid's still not getting in the game, isn't getting opportunities, then one of two things is happening. Either A, something shady's going on with your child's coach, or B, 
your child's not giving them any reason to put them in the game. I can tell you in 99% of the cases, it's not the coach has a problem with your child. Because at the end of the day, there's not a varsity high school coach in America who's not trying to win baseball games and who's not trying to do what's best for his program or her program. It doesn't happen. Y'all get all bent out of shape on these conspiracy theories about, well, this dad's giving this money and that mom's giving that money and she's does this for the school district and blah, 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 blah. Dude, at the end of the day, when the lights come on, whoever your child's coaches are, they're putting the best nine dudes on the field to win the game. And if your child's not part of that nine, then that means his role's not as big as those nine, but he's still got a role on the team. And I would guess that in most cases, your child's probably happy with their role. Do they wish it was maybe a little bit bigger? Yeah, they do. But the guys who really actually want it to be bigger, they do something about it. They recognize, hey, the guy in front of me is batting a buck fifty, and I play just as good a defense as him. So maybe I I can hey, this would be a good time for me to start staying getting there a little early, staying a little late, putting a little extra work in, asking for a little extra help, busting my tail, giving my coaches every indication that like, hey, I recognize that my teammate's struggling. That sucks for him, but it's an opportunity for me. Let me get in there. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen enough, though. And it doesn't happen because they go home and they have parents, grandma, cousin, auntie, whatever, says, you know, makes them feel like it should be given to you. Right. And uh, I just fundamentally think we're setting our kids up for a terrible life if that's what we're doing. And people disagree with that. That's okay. You know, but the big challenge, the big problem seeing with a lot of these parents is like, you know, you're quick to ask for the meeting. You're quick to bash your child's kid on social media about, how bad he's crushing your son's morale or, you know, whatever you're quick to be judgmental of the lineup decisions that are made. You're not as quick to look in the mirror or have a conversation with your child about why they're not playing as much as you think they should be playing. And uh, that's got to change because like one day they're going to be adults. Okay. They're going to go to college. You're going to try to email the professor. The professor is going to tell you to kick rocks. Because guess what? Your child's expected to be an adult now, okay? They're going to go into the workforce, okay? And whoever your child's employer is, they're going to tell you to kick rocks because they don't employ you. They employ your child, right? And so it's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to be upset about stuff. But, like, when you start running around, running your mouth, asking for meetings, doing all this other stuff, you know, with the intent to do damage because you've got your feelings about something, you're really a part of the problem in this world. And it's not good for your kid because they're sitting there watching you do it. Right. And, um, it's embarrassing. It's unfortunate because 
really all you end up doing is just really you start causing a lot of strife and, and issues amongst your kid and their teammates because you don't like where your kid's at. Like, instead of having that hot-headed moment where you pull a coach off to the side after the game and, you know, tell them all the reasons why your kid should be playing versus why they're not and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you just asked your kid, they would tell you. Mom, Dad, I, I know why I'm not playing as much as I should be. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get better. That's conversation. But, see, this generation, we try to steal the struggle from our kids. Right? We're trying to teach them that, hey, um, I, I had to struggle as a young, as a young person. You know, I don't want my kids to struggle that way. But yet we forget about all the vital lessons we learned through the struggle that put us in the position we're in now. And as a country, as parents, as people leading young people, we have to find a way for that to become the norm again and not, you know, the uncommon, you know, the uncommon thing. Um I listen to really good high school baseball coaches talk about, I mean, these are guys, these dudes are legends. Talking about guys who are going to finish their careers with 500, 600, 700 wins, right? Who have great programs, some of the top programs in the state. And the common, we all talk before games. The common conversation is always around the parents that are ruining this game for the kids. And ruining programs because they're making it about them and their feelings and their emotions. And what does that say to the other 15, 16, 18, 20 kids on that roster when they know that's going on? And the really unfortunate thing is like a lot of times those coaches, you know, they're in the process of trying to give your kid an opportunity. And it's about that time that y'all decide, hey, I need to I need to call that meeting. I'm tired of watching my kid not play. I mean, I, I listen, I coach at South Lawrence, okay? Everything was gravy, and it's still – there's nothing wrong now, but I'm just saying you start – you lose a couple games, and you start looking out, you know, post-game, and you can see who's stewing about who's playing and who's not. Not a good way to be. Ten years from now, 20 years from now, your kid's not going to remember how many innings he played. He's going to remember the lead, the people that led him. He's going to remember his teammates. That's what he's going to remember. Um, I've talked about K.J. Andrews on this podcast in, in, in the past, and he's a kid who played for us a few years ago. K.J. Andrews, and honestly his parents, because never heard one word from his parents. His senior year, all he did was run bases for us. Okay, never heard a thing from him. Did he like just running bases? No, he didn't. I know he didn't because he was a competitor, you know. But um, he did something totally selfless. So, like, instead of me pouting about this and being miserable about it, like, let me ask myself, well, what can I do for my team? Okay, well, KJ, what you can do for this team is be a great base runner. And you know what he did? He found a way to be one of the best base runners we've had in this program in a long time. That's what it's all about. He found a way to turn 
pardon my French, but turn turn something from I think they call it sugar to shit or shit to sugar. So he did. He took a really bad situation and turned it into a good situation. Was it ideal? No. Was it really what he wanted? Probably not. But he made the most of it. I bet you if you asked him right now, hey, you know, what do you remember about that year? He wouldn't tell you, man, I only played five innings in the field. Hey, I only got five at bats. Nah, he'd say, hey, dude, we went 23 and five that year and won a region championship. That's what he's going to remember. He's going to remember the bus rides. He's going to remember the times things were tough or we had tough conversations. I still remember the conversation me and him had, and he's probably forgotten this, but I said, we're in the middle of the game at Wilson. I still remember the conversation me and him had because it was like he was frustrated. Like, dude, I don't, what do I got to do to play more? Hey, man, not the right time. But like, I still remember that. And, like, that, I felt like that was a turning moment for him where he finally was like, you know what? Like, this isn't ideal. This isn't exactly what I want. But if that's what my contribution to this team's got to be, that's what I'm going to do because we got a pretty daggone good baseball team over here. And if I get an opportunity to go run bases every day, then, hey, that's a win for me. And, like, I mean, selfless, team for me. His parents didn't get in that. And, listen, as a parent, it's totally okay to have these conversations amongst yourselves at your dinner table when your child's not around. You want to be mad with the coaches for not playing your kid? That's cool. Be mad. But get over yourself and get over it because this program, any program, it's bigger than you and your feelings. Your kid will be fine without you having all these, these issues. Stop ruining programs. Stop trashing great coaches. Stop doing it. Okay. We don't go into your workplace and trash you. We don't go, I don't, because we don't know. I don't know what type of employee you are. Hell, I don't know what type of a parent you are. Some of you, you know, I could make a pretty good judgment call, but I don't. Okay. Because I'm not under your roof. I hear things other people say. Uh, I can make my own assumptions, but it's not my place to have an opinion on what you do as a parent. Some, I know plenty of parents, they ruin their kids because they want to coach them at the house. They want to, you know, rip them about their performance. They want to do all this stuff. I don't, I don't walk up to you and say, Hey, you're a shitty parent because I know what you're doing to your kid mentally. You know, you're taking him out of because of how hard you're being on him as a baseball player. You're allowing his game changer box score to determine his worth. Okay. And your worth, right? Don't do that to you. So stop doing it to coaches because you're really not. This is the worst argument in the history of arguments. Well, I played high school baseball or I coached a little little league or whatever. So, you know, I know a little something about baseball. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know nothing about taking a group of kids who show up as as seventh graders with 800 things wrong with their swings, 900 things wrong with their home life, 600 things wrong with their academics, 1,000 things wrong with their work ethic. You have no idea how to go from that to being able to turn them into great young men and great players along the way. If you did, you would be doing it. But a lot of you that know everything, you just go start a travel ball team with a bunch of other angry dads 
and, uh, you know, tell your kids how great they are. And, you know, my kid couldn't play shortstop on that, that team. So I just started a team with another really angry dad who you know, his kid played second base. And now my kid plays shortstop and his kid plays second base. And we never take them out of the game and we just tell them how great they are. Um, cause that's, you know, that's how we're set. That's what you're setting your kids up for. It's like, okay, well that's the real world. And then they show up in high school where they actually have to earn something. And they're like, oh my God, this is the first time in my life. Somebody said, Hey, your backhand's terrible. Your footwork's trash. Um, your mechanics are awful. Like you're not going to play if we don't get this corrected. And first game rolls around, they're not playing. Then the 10th game rolls around, they're not playing. Cause we're still trying to correct all the years of, getting taught the wrong way and everything else. Anyways, that's why I blame travel ball. And it's not personal. If you're a travel ball coach, it's not personal. There's some really good travel ball coaches out there. But, um, you know, it's that mentality, that me, 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 my feelings, my emotions, my this, that's putting our kids in a bad spot. Again, we've got a great team at South Lawrence. Great team. This is the best team I've ever coached in my life. Us losing the last two games doesn't change any of that. From a unit standpoint, they're bought into each other. They're bought into whatever our goals are at the end of the year. Um, those guys are bought into their roles. Are there some guys who wish their roles were a little bit bigger? Yeah, there are. Okay. Are there some guys who are like, man, I'm just dying for an opportunity to get in there and try to increase my role? Yeah, there are. Problem is we got a lot of guys doing a lot of really good stuff. And um these, so these issues aren't pertinent or necessarily me talking about our issues because we got a pretty pretty good program. These are issues that happen everywhere. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just it's it's. Fr- I, I hear great coaches talking about all this stuff. It's just frustrating. I'm sorry, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. I'm I have no notes for this. I'm just speaking from the fr- speaking from the cuff here. Um, but, you know, the, I guess the challenge I have for the parents is really, some of y'all got to appreciate what your kids have because I, I can tell you now, like, and I'll use our program as an example. Our kids are 100% understanding of why their role is what it is. They also know how to correct it and fix it. They also know that sometimes your role increasing has nothing to do with what you're doing, has everything to do with the guy in front of you and what he's doing. Okay, so if they're good with that, then why why should we ever have an issue with parents? And we don't have a lot of issues. Every year you might have one or two. Um, but to hear some of these other coaches talk about it, it's like a weekly thing for them, like, there's not a high school baseball coach in America who gets paid enough to have to listen to sit in on meetings with athletic directors, superintendents, and everything else. There's not they don't get paid enough to have to sit on these meetings with parents who can't get out of their own feelings. It is what it is. We've all been there. Listen, my kid when he played baseball, I was one of his coaches. Did I always agree with what co- where coach Kirk played him in the lineup? No, I didn't. Did I like it when he got jerked out of game sometimes because uh, because he was making errors? No, I didn't like that. But I was being a parent, right? Again, caught up in the moment, worried about my child's feelings instead of saying, hey, you know what? Like, 
this is a great character building moment because it is. My kid can learn something from this. And in the grand scheme of things, 20 years from now, he's not going to remember, you know, the how he felt when he got taken out of that game, right? He's going to remember the lesson he learned from it, right? Because it's going to be that that, like, triggers something later in his life that says, hey, you know, I know how to respond in this situation because I've been here before. That time was in on the baseball field playing 12U travel ball. This time it's in the workplace where my livelihood's dependent on it, right? So my challenge, though, back to that is, you know, appreciate what your kids have, man. Because, like, when I lay down at night and put my head on my pillow, you know, I thank, I thank God for my wife and my kids first and foremost, okay? But then I thank him for every single one of our players who I view and love as kids. We spend a thousand hours a year with your kids. Or your child's coaches spend, I mean, if they do it the way we do it, they spend a thousand hours a year with your kids. They spend more time with your kids than you do. It's a fact. Like, you can't dispute that. You know, so you don't think that they have, they're pretty vested in that child's emotional development. They're pretty invested in like when they're struggling, when they're having a hard time, when things are going good. Like when they hurt, we hurt. When they're having a good time, when they're happy, we're excited, we're fired up. Like we're just as involved in all that as you are. Do we support them financially? No. Okay. Um, but that would be the only way we don't support them. So, you know. If you want some gum, keep your opinion to yourself. I mean, it's not. You put your kid in a really bad spot when you decide to start being vocal about stuff like that. And you start acting a fool and, you know, trying to pounce on coaches after games and, you know, set up meetings behind your kids' backs that they don't necessarily, they don't even know about. It's like, what in the world? Like, you were that upset about that, but your kid has no idea about it. But you're trying to set up playing time meetings. It's not good. And the next, you know, this that's, challenge. I guess, the first part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge is, like, have some feel, man. Have some feel. Look, Just look around. Does my child's coach have a history of just waking up and trying to crush my son's, my son's morale or other kids' morale? No. Not a high school coach in America, but. There may be 1%, half a percent. Okay, I'll give you that. Are there bad coaches? Yeah, there are. There are guys who do it for the wrong reasons? Absolutely. Are there guys who allow politics to get in the way of their decision-making? I'm sure there are. Does it happen here? Absolutely not. It's happening in the PD? No. Okay, it's not how it works, but you know, have some feel over that, though. Okay, my, my child's coach has been doing this for 15 years, and this isn't a common thing. Okay? Uh, so it's not that. Okay. All right. Well, how's my kids? How's the guy in front of my kid playing? Okay. Well, he's batting one, you know, I don't know what his stats are, but he can't be batting good. Okay. That's fair. I mean, the eyeball test can tell you when a kid's struggling and when he's doing really good. Like if you watched our games right now, you'd say, Hey, Luke Miller's hitting really good. Um, you know, that looks different. Yeah. Oh, that's what batting 
667 over 13 games looks like, okay? And then you'll look at other kids and say, hey, that kid's struggling. Okay, well, if that kid directly competes with your kid, okay, and you're like, dude, this kid's struggling. Like, I wonder why my kid's not playing. Okay, well, let's 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 take it a step further, all right? Let's look at it defensively. Is that kid playing good defense? That kid, that guy playing in front of your kid, is he playing good defense? Yeah, I've seen him make some really good plays. I've seen him not make very many errors. Okay, so as a parent, you need to, okay, okay, process of elimination. All right, so he's not, that kid definitely isn't hitting that well, but he's playing good defense. Okay, so let me put myself in the position of the coaches. Okay, so if I got a kid who's playing really good defense and that same kid's not hitting well, and then I've got another kid who, you know, he plays good defense. I, I think he plays good defense. Okay, well, he must not be, you know, he must not be doing something to give those coaches the confidence uh, to say, hey, man, we're we're going to um, punt on the guy that we're playing every day right now who plays really good defense, like A-plus defense, to give you a shot. And, you know, you're B-plus defensively, but you're no better as a bat. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. No coach who's trying to win baseball games does that. Um because it just doesn't happen. Um, and then other things like, okay, well, I got a really fast kid who's really, you know, really good. Well, okay, well, that, that that's good. But if you can't hit and can't play defense, then he's going to be relegated to being a courtesy runner. Okay, well, he started the year being a courtesy runner, and now, okay, I'm not seeing him go out there anymore. Then I'm seeing this other guy go out there, and he's making a bunch of mistakes courtesy running. Okay, so I wonder why that is. Well, that means both of them are not doing a very good job courtesy running and just flip rolling the dice to figure out who's going to, you know, based on the situation, who gives you the best chance. It's kind of what it comes down to. And that's, you know, as a parent, like, if you want to have opinions on stuff like that, have those opinions. It's okay. But be realistic, right? Like, if this was happening at South Florence, like, I feel fairly confident, like, most of the parents would be like, hey, like, you know, I trust these coaches to make the right decisions because they prove time and time and time and time and time again that they're doing what's best for the program. Like, if they're not playing certain kids, you know, there's good reasons behind it. And, you know, I kind of – I'm losing this podcast a little bit, but it's just something that's been bothering me. It's been stuck on my mind. It's because of the timing of the year and the fact that, like – I get frustrated when I hear people say things like, you know, they tell these stories. It's like horror stories. And I'm thankful that we don't have some of these problems. But it's like, yeah, I mean, this one parent was like, hey, you know, the only way for my kid to get better is to get game reps. Are you kidding me? Like, if you're if you're a, my kid's only able to get better through game reps type person, like, that's... So, that's that's not a good way to be, man, because like, no, the game, if you're still having to think about it during the game, you're not put we're not putting our kids in the best chance to be successful. The game's got to be second nature, right? The game's got to be I've mastered it in practice, so now I'm confident that I can do it in a game when the stakes are high, the speed is up, my heart rate's up, you know, the game means more. You know, if you can't do it in practice, Coaches don't really have confidence that you can do it in the game. And guess what? It's not fair to the other 17 guys on the team if we don't put the best guys out there. Um, 
And that's every high school coach in America. That's the way they think. Now, JV level, that's different. Talking about development with some emphasis on competing. Middle school level, that's, you know, middle school, we should be rotating guys in and out, making sure, like, playing time's, you know, pretty fairly equal for the ones that are earning it. Um, you know, we don't just gift wrap playing time, but at the same time, like, you know, we should be giving guys opportunities. We shouldn't be specializing guys necessarily in the seventh grade, like, kind of move them around, find some opportunities to get plenty of guys, plenty of playing time. But when you get to the varsity level, like, you got to win. If you're not winning enough, um, you're going to be fired. You're not going to be able to do this. And uh, that's just the way it is. So, got a little – I think I was kind of bouncing all over the place, so I apologize about that. But it's um, it's just a problem. Like, it's – I think one of the points I was trying to make earlier is the fact that, like, as parents, we've forgotten – the lessons we learned through the struggle and for some reason, and I'm, I've been guilty of this. So I'm not, I'm not harshing on anybody who's listening to this and it's like, wow, he's really being a jerk. Like I can't believe he's saying all this stuff, but you know, guys, we've all struggled. We became better because of the struggle though. And your kids, it's okay for them to struggle too. Right. I, I say I talk about the cost of tuition all the time, and I'm not literally talking about the cost of tuition. I'm talking about the cost of failing. Okay, the cost of tuition's low right now for 16 and 17 year olds on a baseball field in the middle of April. Okay, but you know that same mistake at 28 in the workplace can be detrimental, right? So why take the struggle away now where they can learn like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not happy being the janitor. Okay. But I got to be the janitor to pay the bills, but I really want a Porsche. Okay. We'll keep working hard. Keep doing things right. Keep showing up early. Keep staying late. Okay. Keep checking all those boxes. Get a promotion. Work your way up. Okay, now I can afford 10 Porsches. Like, there's a process, and, like, we want to skip the process and just get straight to the outcome. And that's not real life, guys. And, like, I've I've said this for a long time. The best lessons your kids are going to learn in their life comes from high school sports. It comes from the struggle of, like, showing up in August and doing everything right every single day. Okay, and then February gets here and the first lineup's rolled out and you're not in the lineup. Some of the greatest lessons in the world you can learn right there. Okay, and it's like, okay, why am I not in the lineup? Okay, all right, I understand why I'm not in the lineup. Okay, all right, so I need to keep improving on this. Okay, and you just keep working and grinding, just grinding it out. Okay, well, okay, I've been doing that. I'm still not getting an opportunity. Okay, you know. All right, well, the guy in front of me is doing really well. Okay, so I can't stop working my tail off. Like, I can't stop sharpening my craft and getting better. Okay, now he's struggling. Okay, bam. All right, hey, number whatever, get in there. We need a quality AB. Okay, that's how it happens. Like, that journey of from really small role to now I'm thrust into the fire with a much bigger role, but I've prepared for it. I've struggled through it so that, so it means more to me. Mommy and daddy didn't go to the AD and demand a meeting. And then the AD demanded the coaches played you and stuff like that. Like, I hate it when that happens. It's like kids on the verge of earning something itself. And then you get the email. So-and-so's mother wants, or dad wants to uh, 
have a meeting to speak, you know, to talk about so-and-so's playing time. It's like, are you shitting me, man? Like literally was, he literally was playing this afternoon. Okay. And now we're having a meeting. So it's going to give the appearance to you as a parent and it's going to reward this. This has happened. This has happened to us in the past. Um, And then as a coach, you're sitting there like, are you serious? Like I was planning on playing this kid the afternoon, this afternoon or tomorrow or whatever. And now like, you're like, well, that sucks. You know, so that parent's going to be sitting over there watching the game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed them, you know, why are we in that world? I'll tell you why as a parent, we're in that world outside of the fact that we want to eliminate the struggle for them. We're in that world because not enough people have stood up and said, you know what? Screw you and your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Because they're so worried about getting canceled or cut or fired or whatever for speaking up and, and defending themselves. If there was a parent who came to us about playing time, we got all the boxes checked on why they're not playing. My job's outfield and base running. Okay. I get to share my opinion every day about what I think we need to do here, what we should do there, you know, whatever. Like, if the kid's not doing it, doing their job, and I feel like we're doing all we can coaching-wise to get them there, and they're just not getting, you know, my opinion is going to be, hey, we, we can't afford to put that kid in right now. You know, we can't. And sometimes it's not so much about winning and losing baseball games. It's, hey, we can't break that kid by putting him in a key situation and him screwing it up and – him wearing that and that having a detrimental impact on him and his teammates. Right. But as a coaching community, as a athletic director, principal, superintendent, all that other stuff, like we're going to continue to sit back and allow this stuff to happen and not get a hold of it, not say, Hey, okay, enough's enough. Like we had coaches coaching for 70, 80 years, like, you know, 30 years ago, they never had these problems. And they built the greatest generation of American that's ever lived. Okay. And it's like those same coaches were actually coaching, you know, like some of the parents and stuff that like have kids now. Um, you know, those people didn't have all these issues. They didn't have to worry about getting canceled for not playing the board member's son. You know, they didn't have to worry about, you know, getting a job coaching. But before they could, like, you know, go to work full-time at that school, they had to make sure that the administration liked them, right? I hear stories about that, too. It's like, oh, well, you know, we didn't give that guy a long-term contract because we want to make sure we liked him. Like, what? What does that mean? We want to make sure he played the people that y'all, you know, make sure all your buddies were taken care of. Like, just frustrating. This is this, the country that we live in now. Um, it just, it's breeding this stuff. And that's the next generation of kid who's going to become a parent at some point. And then they're going to raise a generation of kids. And like it, the whole standard, the whole hard work, go earn it. You know, if you have a starting position, like, you better work your tail off to keep it. Like, you should be trying to, you know, extend the gap between you and your competitor every day. 
versus getting complacent. And it's just, it's wrong. Um, it's unfortunate. And we're setting our kids up for failure. Uh, we talk about leaving the world better than we found it. Like, it's not leaving the world better than we found it. And it's just, it's a problem that we're going to have to get a hold of or else it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So anyways, um, I'm going to wrap this up and just give you some final thoughts again. Um, your emotions, your feelings, your opinions, all these other things that we fall into as parents. And I'm guilty. Again, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. My kid plays high school golf right now. Okay. He's got the potential to be really good. Okay. But he's not playing well enough consistently enough to get into the top six. Right. And, uh, do I think he's one of the top six golfers in this golf program? I absolutely do. Okay. But it's on him. I can't go try to make him be top six by trying to squeeze his coach's arm and twist it and back him into a corner and all these other things. Like, do I think my kid's good enough to be number six, top six? 100%. He could be number one if he really worked hard at it. But he's got to go put the work in. When the lights come on, the pressure gets cranked up, he's got to go perform. And if he doesn't, all the meetings in the world aren't going to change the fact that whether he's number one or number nine, he's not getting the job done when the, when the lights come on, right? So, you know, we've got to be better as parents, as as adults, as as whatever, to make sure that we're conveying the message to our kids and and staying out of like getting in this bad habit of thinking that our emotions, opinions, and everything else mean something because they, they they mean nothing to the overall success of the program. They just don't. We're screwing up by by teaching our kids that like that's okay. And then the other thing is. You're messing it up for other people's kids. You know, we got three team captains on our team, okay? And they're phenomenal leaders of, of the guys on our program. Um, it's the first year we've done that, and they've done just, honestly, they've done a tremendous job of, like, keeping our guys level and grounded and kind of taking ownership of making sure guys understood their roles and executed it and stuff like that. But, you know, we got parents trying to run the show and, and it just goes against, it goes against the whole looking for the word. It just goes against the whole uh, ecosystem that your kids have worked really, really, really hard to create. Cause like some of that, like respect that they get from their peers and stuff like that is like, we got a kid on our team right now. And I'm, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about James McElveen for a second. James McElveen's one of the greatest kids that you'll ever meet. Great kid. He tried out for our baseball team in seventh grade. Didn't make it. You know, he's always been a great athlete, but James didn't make it. All right. And James tried out again in eighth grade. And James didn't make it in eighth grade either. Okay, but James in ninth grade came out again. And I may have one, I, I may have the years mixed up here. It may have been tenth grade, but Whatever it was, James tried out. James said James was a thousand times better than he was three years ago or two years ago. And everybody loved James McElveen. They loved his work ethic. He was a great student. He was involved in the school. He was like the president of the sophomore class. I mean, 
James McElveen did everything right. Okay. There's not a coach at South Lawrence High School who doesn't think the world of that kid. Right. So we looked at that kid and we said, hey, like, tremendous athlete, very raw from a baseball standpoint, probably not going to play a whole lot for us. But let's see if we can develop him over a few years and, and, and just assess the situation when, we, when, you know, he becomes eligible to play varsity baseball, see if he's at a point where he could be a varsity baseball player or not. James worked his tail off. James, right now, James McElveen is 1 million times better than he was two years ago. James McElveen also plays on the number one team in the state, right? So James rolls a little bit different than other people's roles, but, um, you know, and we found ways to use his athleticism and, and use his speed on the base paths and stuff like that to help us win baseball games. But, you know, my point is, like, James brings a great attitude to the ballpark every day. Could he be upset about his role? Yeah, he might be. Um, I don't think he is because he's a great teammate and – he works his butt off, and I think he understands the areas that he has to be better on and, and stuff like that. But um, you know, it's just the kids in that baseball program, the coaches, including myself, they see the journey that he's taken from where he was to where he is now. And I can tell you that there's not a kid in our program, there's not a coach in our program. If someone messed with James McElveen or gave James McElveen a, a, a rough time, like they'd have about 20 people defending that kid because that's what James McElveen means to our baseball program. James McElveen leads us in uh, breaking things down, you know, south on two, south on two, one, two. That, he's that guy. He's leads us in prayer. Uh, he does all that stuff, but my whole point was like when parents stay out of the equation, the ecosystem takes care of itself because there's not a person on this team that wouldn't help somebody like James try to be the best baseball player he could be. Um, there's not a coach that wouldn't try to help him be the best baseball player he could be. But if you get parents involved in the situation, it ruins the natural ecosystem of that level of respect and, and that journey that those guys go through together by saying, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm miserable because my kid's not playing enough, so I'm going to go create a bunch of issues and be real negative and blah, blah, blah. Well, that then causes problems with the kid. The kid becomes negative. Now, he's turned off from his teammates. He's not, you know, whereas – a kid like James and the way he's handled it, that's a positive. That's a great thing because it just allows, it allows that ecosystem and that, that those relationships with teammates and stuff just to build naturally and, and just the level of respect that everybody has for each other because they've seen what that kid was on day one and what he is now. Um, so anyways, I, hopefully that made sense. He's just, that's a kid who always stands out like, and it was a real life example of like, yeah, it's, it's a kid who, yeah, I mean, sure. He probably was upset about his playing time at some point. I'm sure his parents were as well, but never heard anything about it because they just let the process play out and, and let the chips fall where they fell. And, you know, 
embrace the role versus trying to force a role that maybe he wasn't ready for. Um, and that's you know, another thing is apparently like, you have to be careful in that too because the minute you start causing a bunch of rift and everything else, like now you're putting a lot more pressure on your your kid to compete because okay, well, you know they're feeling the pressure from you, they're feeling the pressure from the game, and this game's hard enough, right? Now we're trying to tie their identity and your love as a parent and all that other stuff into how they perform on Tuesdays and Friday nights. Like, it's not healthy. It's not a good way to be. We've talked about it in the past. Your kid's identity has nothing to do with their performance on the field. And as a parent, your identity has nothing to do with whether they're a starter or a backup or a small role or a big role. It doesn't matter. But for the majority of you that are constantly, you know, everything in life is everybody else's problem and everything in life is some culmination of your kid being treated unfairly and poor, poor you, he's got a terrible coach, well, you know, make a bad habit of that. And just, I, I get going on this stuff and it just gets real, real disappointing, but The bottom line is we just have to be better. Let them learn the lessons. Let them struggle. Don't try to force it. The ecosystem's the ecosystem. Let it naturally take care of itself. Don't put a bunch of extra pressure on them through your meetings and your, you know, after game yelling at coach sessions and stuff like that. Um, it's just unfortunate, and I, I wish there was a way to fix it. I don't have the answer on how to fix it. My initial answer on how to fix it is coaches, athletic directors, superintendents, um, everybody comes together and just sets the standard that it is what it is. Like there will be no more meetings about about playing time. There will be no more meetings about this, no more meetings about that. Um, I know it's not going to happen because, like, even as a coach, like, you know, by even by doing this podcast right now on this topic, which I think is an it's an important topic that needs to be discussed and people need to have their eyes open to it. Like even having this this right here, it makes me susceptible to having to have some type of tough conversation with, you know, coaching staff or the athletic director or whatever about, hey, man, you can't get on a podcast and say stuff like that, like. Are you serious? Like the day that it happens will be the day that I'm out because these are things people have to hear. You have to understand that like you're ruining great programs. You're ruining great coaches all across this country because you don't give a crap about anybody but yourself and your biased opinion. My kid, my feelings, my emotions. Oh my God. My kid's not playing. That's a that's a bad look on me as a parent. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, I think if it, you know, and that's like you know, just to my point about that. I mean, just it, we shouldn't be in a position, even for something like as simple as that. Like, hey, Brandon, Coach Hyman's got a podcast. Coach Hyman talks about tough issues sometimes. You know, somebody somewhere is listening to the words that I say on this. And at some point in time, it's going to happen. This is the risk that I open myself up to. 
is going to have something to say or is going to clip something I said and send it to somebody who's going to get back to somebody who's going to, I'm going to end up in a meeting having to explain myself or what I said. And then, you know, Hey, you've got to, you've got to publicly, I'm not apologizing for anything I say on this podcast because not enough people speak out. And that as a result of that, we're empowering a bunch of people who should not be empowered to have an opinion and, you know, ruin programs, whether it's baseball, softball, football, whatever, across the country, because we don't reel in this me, 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 my kids, my emotions, my feelings, society that we have going on. And then we send those same kids out into the world to be parents and employees and, and, and all these other things. And it's just not, it's not good. It's not good. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, do better, man. As a total society, we have to find a way to be better. Coaches, we got to be better. Like, get convicted. Stand by your decisions, man. Like, someone, hey, I'm, I can tell you, and, I, and it's not my job in this, as an assistant coach to have a conversation with a parent about playing time. I would never overstep my boundaries with, you know, our, our our team and disrespect Coach Gray by having that conversation with another parent. I would be more than happy to do it. I wish I could have that conversation for him sometimes. Um, not that we've had to have it recently, but so I'm not dependent on this volunteer job for, you know, to pay my bills. But, and neither is he. I'm just saying, you know, when you coach and it's tied to uh, your teaching and, you know, it just kind of puts you in a weird spot. But um, got to be better. Starts with, from a leadership standpoint, you got to make a decision and say, hey, like enough's enough. We got to stop having to worry about being, we got to stop worrying about being canceled, stop worrying about being cut, fired, whatever. And that, Another thing is just like having straight talk with parents. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash parents here. I'm just saying in general because there's we're talking about a relatively small percentage of of programs where you've got just these people that try to ruin it for everybody. But for the most part, like I can tell you, South Florence, we've got great parents on all levels. Um, have we had some issues in the past? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Every program's going to have issues. But I guess my overall point is, like, from a coaching standpoint, like, there should be no fear on day one to set the expectation of how things need to be, how you're going to handle playing time, what parents don't need to do. And if you have a problem, this is how we handle it. And playing time conversations should never have, have anything to do with parents anyways. Like, it should be strictly player-coach. If parent has an issue, they can talk to their player about it, and the player can say, "Hey, you know, I've talked to I've talked to my coach about it. I got to get better," um, and leave it at that. Quit trying to, you know. And parents, we got to quit trying to take the struggle away from our kids because the struggle is a good thing. We want them to struggle now so they can figure out how to fight through things, how to get better, and stuff like that. So it's going to benefit them later in life. That's all I can tell you. So. Anyways, big uh, big night for the Bruins this coming Friday. Um, if you don't have anything going on, 6.30 at the Bruins Den. 
Got Dylan Weagle versus uh, Josh Surigal with Luke Roop in, uh, in relief. Going to be a great matchup. You know, Bruins are going to be looking to get back to 1-1 one and one in the series and 5-1 uh, and one in region play with two weeks to go after this week. So, great game to go to. Want to thank all the alumni who came out to North Myrtle Beach last night. We had a really good crowd of uh, former Bruins there supporting us on. In fact, Coach Jimmy Weatherford, uh, former Bruin great, one of our great coaches in the past, actually made his way out to the uh, – to North Myrtle Beach. So it was good to see him. I didn't get a chance to speak to him, but I did see him in attendance. Um, so that was good. And again, with it being a home game Friday, we'd love to have a big crowd. So our guys would appreciate the support. But anyways, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, we'll follow up with a few more pods over the next couple of days. But until then, be cool. Stop giving your, your high school baseball coaches a, a hard time, right? Support the program, support your kids. Okay, keep your opinion to yourself. Be a great supporter of the program. Uh, and other than that, go Bruins. See ya.